What did you come looking for today? As Jesus hangs on the cross, Mary stands nearby, by the cross, distraught, not understanding. John 19, we read, so the soldiers did these things. They divided his garments, they cast lots for his tunic. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. It's one of those moments when humanity is leveled. Uh, Soldiers, Roman soldiers, Jewish women stand and look. And Jesus says, it is finished. It is finished. The work completed. The debt for human sin fully paid. It's finished. His body pierced by the soldiers, Jesus' body taken down from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they take the body of Jesus to a garden where there's a tomb. It's a new tomb in which no one has ever been laid. Why was Mary Magdalene standing by the cross? Mary from Magdala, she was a follower of Jesus. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Soon afterward, he, Jesus, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. You see, Mary was bound when Jesus found her. She was tormented spiritually, mentally, emotionally, bound up inside herself, and Jesus had set her free. He had given her life back to her. And so she followed him. She supported him. Later in Luke chapter 8, Jesus says, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And Mary, she was determined to hear the word and to do it, to follow faithfully, to be a part of Jesus' family, be close to him. Mary sees where the body of Jesus is laid. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Mary believes, probably, that grave robbers have taken the body of Jesus. That was common at that time. Peter and the other disciple, that's John, they run to the tomb. John mentions that he outran Peter. Probably a guy thing. He's telling the empty tomb story, and he mentions, hey, on that race to the tomb, I came first. They see the linen cloths lying there, and the head cloth folded up neatly, in another place. 
The body was obviously not taken by grave robbers. They, they believe that the body is gone. They know it's gone, but they don't think of resurrection. The truth is no one is thinking of resurrection. They don't think that the body has somehow passed through those cloths or passed through the 70 pounds of spices laid on him. And they go home. But Mary, she lingers. John 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So, Mary stands weeping, read wailing at the tomb entrance. Not only had Jesus been brutally crucified, scourged, beaten, bloodied, but his body had been desecrated, violated, someone had taken it. The opening would have been no more than a a meter high, and Mary stoops in to look. And she sees two angels sitting, one at the head, one at the feet, probably on a bench where Jesus had been laid. The angels seem to be relaxed, waiting. What a cool assignment for an angel, I think. Woman, why are you weeping, they ask. They've taken away my Lord, and I have no idea where they have laid him. She has no thought of resurrection. She turns from the tomb and sees a person standing. It's early morning, not yet light, and she thinks that person to be the gardener, maybe the tomb keeper. Her last image of Jesus is that man on a cross who has been violated, beaten, bruised, bloodied, body emaciated, disfigured, and then wrapped in linen cloths and laid in a tomb. The man asks her what the angels asked her. Woman, why are you weeping? Jesus asks you this morning, why are you weeping? And maybe we would respond, why, Jesus? Um, An uncertain future? Illness? 
Life seems rather meaningless, rather random. I'm confused, I'm anxious, I'm angry. Jesus asks good questions. John chapter 1, Peter and Andrew, they are not yet disciples of Jesus, but they're following him. And Jesus turns to Peter and Andrew and asks, what are you looking for? Those are the first words of Jesus in John's gospel, a question. What are you looking for? Peter and Andrew, they're not sure how to answer Jesus' question, but they manage to blurt out, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and you will see. The sense there is, if you come and I want you to, you will see. If you come and I I really want you to, you will see. Jesus invites Peter and Andrew to be with him, to hang out with him, to know him, to see him. You see, the answer to the question, what are you looking for, is actually found in knowing someone, in knowing a person. What are you looking for and why are you weeping? Those are really good questions, but there is a much more important question. And so Jesus, as he stands outside what was his tomb, he asks Mary, why why are you weeping? And then he follows that with another question, whom are you seeking, Mary? He directs directs attention to her search. Mary, whom are you seeking? When you were following me, who were you looking for? A prophet with some insight, a teacher with words of knowledge, a healer who could restore your soul, a friend. Mary, whom are you seeking? Mary was a person of some wealth and social standing. So she answers Jesus' question in this way. Sir, if you have carried him away, just tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. I'll make the arrangements to fetch the body. I'll give him a proper burial. Just tell me where you have laid him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. That's Jesus' voice. There's something in the way he says it. There's something in the tone of his voice. She recognizes it as the voice of Jesus. She probably remembers that moment when she heard Jesus say, My sheep, they know my voice, and they follow me, for they know my voice. Mary's anguish and despair are turned to delight, to joy. So she cries out, Rabboni. And Jesus says, don't cling to me. I have not yet gone to the Father. I will appear again. But go and tell my brothers, I will now ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. What is Jesus saying? What does he mean? 
Well, he's saying, you see, through my death, the price for sin has been paid. The work is finished. Through my death, the way into the Father's presence has now been opened. Because of my resurrection, I will ascend to the Father and I will send my spirit to be with you forever. Because of my death and resurrection, you now, disciples, you become my brothers and sisters. Mary, my sister. Because of my death and resurrection, those who put their trust in me, who believe in me, will be reborn and live forevermore. Because of my resurrection, not just a prophet, not just a teacher, not just a healer. No, I am the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Savior of all. And Mary runs to see the other disciples and cries out, I have seen the Lord. And probably tells them a whole bunch of other things as well. So how does she go from wailing and despair to exuberant joy and bold witness? Well, the only plausible explanation is resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus, that most attested event in all of history. Mary saw the resurrected Jesus. Other disciples, many saw the resurrected Jesus. People have experienced the resurrected presence of Jesus in their lives throughout history. And he is here today, risen. John testifies, I have written these things so that you might know that Christ is, or that Jesus is the Christ the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. He writes at the beginning of his gospel, John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus says your name today. He knows your name. He says, Bill, Charlotte, Jose, Corina, Marcos, Angela, Igor, Olga, Ahmed, Nazi, Jisoo, Kim, all of your names. And he asks, why are you weeping on Resurrection Sunday? What are you looking for? I am what you need. I have the words of life. Will you turn to me? Will you turn to me? I invite you to come. I invite you to come up out of your grave to set you free the way that I set Mary free. I invite you to come to receive forgiveness of sin. I took on your guilt and your shame. I come, I came to set you free. Will you receive the gift of forgiveness? Will you receive the gift of life? Jesus invites you to come. We're going to go into a time of prayer and worship Pastors and elders will come forward. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus and you need prayer, come. 
if you want to be prayed for for the first time by a Christian, come. Maybe you're surrendering yourself to Jesus and asking for his help today for the first time. You are welcome to come. Let's pray. Let's worship.